You're listening to CYOP, Create Your Own Podventure, Appeal. This branching story follows your choices, changing as you respond to what the story places in your path. What's waiting for you at the end? Well, keep moving to find out. Now, where were we? After surviving a life-threatening situation, you reignited your social life and joined a maker's meetup. While at the meetup, you met and chatted with Sarah, who seems interested in your technology. You decided to find out more about her. Sarah clearly knows what she's talking about. She follows along as you explain what you're aiming to accomplish with Appeal, and she nods and asks all the right questions at the right places. You stop talking about Appeal for a moment. If you don't mind me taking a guess, you strike me as someone who has more than just a passing interest in tech. Sarah's smile is lopsided and confident. Mm, I'm actually not so into tech. She sips at her water. I'm, I'm far more theoretical, but the actual hands-on approach is definitely something I appreciate. Academic? How'd you know? Her eyes narrow playfully. Done your research on me? Oh, I'm not so much into research. You imitate her earlier tone of voice. Are you telling me I need to study? If this is your idea of flirting, you'd fit in with academics far better than you might think. She says. <laughs> you know, it's kind of gauche to try and pick up women at this sort of thing. You hold your hands up to mock surrender. Hey, you approached me. I just came here to talk projects, and you're over here accusing me of chasing tail. How do I know you aren't here just trying to poach me or steal my work? Yours would be the first work worth stealing. She looks you up and down. How long have you been coming here anyway? This is my first meeting, you say without giving her any other information. She doesn't need to know you spent the last few months inside. Why? I'm only here every few months. My parents are out here and I come to visit them. The two of you spend the rest of the scheduled meetup getting to know each other. The banter is easy and she feels familiar somehow, like you've met her before. You don't elaborate much on your family, your parents were office workers, and you have no siblings. Sarah's only in town to visit her parents. Yeah, retired military, and my brother still works at Quantico. Mm, that's a loaded family resume. Your parents were never fans of the military, but they tended to drive innovation. Are you sure you aren't here to recruit potential minds for your government projects? She narrows her eyes again. I can't tell you. Otherwise... Otherwise you'd have to kill me? You finish her sentence. Kill? She laughs. We have ways of disappearing people without death ever entering the equation. She delivers it in such a matter-of-fact way that you can't tell if she's kidding or not. Then she laughs and the easy energy between the two of you returns. Do you want to go somewhere? I think things are winding down here. You pause for a moment before you nod. Yeah, definitely. You share lunch at the same cafe where you had breakfast, though you didn't tell that to Sarah. Thankfully, you have a different waiter. Though you start off by talking tech, your conversation soon turns more personal. Her love of nature, your early appreciation of Bob Dylan, and your surprising shared love of Rupi Car poetry. Before you know it, you've spent the entirety of the day talking, and it's only when the waiter asks if you're planning on staying for dinner that you leave. With the city starting to bustle in the early evening warmth, you walk her to where she parked. A rental. She explains when you see her bright blue PT cruiser. Mm-hmm. Okay, you say, giving her an exaggerated nod. It is. She says, slightly too loud in the parking garage. She seems to notice the echo and covers her mouth with a hand. Then she looks up at you. I had a really good time today. Me too. 
a pause, then. I, I hope I'm not being too forward, but I'd like to take you to dinner sometime. Sarah flashes you a big smile, then sighs. I would love that, but I'm leaving town tomorrow morning. Oh, you hide your disappointment. Well, uh, uh, next time you're in town, then. You... Sarah starts, then seems to think better of it. Yeah, definitely. You exchange contact details, and she leaves you with a kiss on the cheek. You watch her as she walks away and catch yourself grinning, something you haven't done in quite some time. The next month passes with little happening. You make some cursory edits to appeals programming, but for the most part, you leave the headset alone. It feels redundant to put effort into a project which is supposed to tell you what you want when who you want has been the only thing on your mind for the past six weeks. Besides, since you started attending the vitalized meetups, there's been some buyer interest and appeal. You don't want to tweak it too much in case it stops resembling something they'd want to purchase. Your phone buzzes with a text from Sarah. Taking off. See you in five hours. You've exchanged texts or phone calls regularly, and today is the day you're going to pick her up from the airport. Five hours is a long time to pass with someone like that on the mind, but it's there soon enough. Though your rapport has only improved, you aren't quite sure where the two of you stand. In a moment of rare boldness, you offer her a spot at your apartment instead of her renting a place or staying with her parents. And she agreed without hesitation. You go to pick her up from the airport and she throws her arms around your neck and greets you with a kiss. All right, you say in surprise, then return the favor. I just wanted to make sure we're on the same page. She wears her crooked smile as you help her get her bags into your car. I thought if I was going to stay with you, we should avoid all the awkward will-they-won't-they stuff. Well, I appreciate that. The two of you go to your apartment where Sarah relaxes from the plane ride. You sit anxious. You don't have to come to dinner if you don't want. Sarah says as she gets dressed. They'd understand if you think this is too soon. No, I want to. You're joining Sarah and her parents for dinner. If they're half as cool as you say they are, this is going to be a great time. Despite being with others for two years, you've had only met Charlie's parents a handful of times, and never for dinner. They'll embarrass me, she'd always say when you broach the topic. Besides, they can't hold a conversation. Sarah holds your hand in the car as you drive to her parents' house. It's a nice one-story home in the suburbs with a yard of tended native plants. Mom's really into environmentalism, Sarah says as she leads you up the front walk. You cradle a bottle of wine as you wait for them to answer the door. Something about this feels vaguely familiar, but you chalk it up to having never fully recovered from being a nervous teenager meeting its crush's parents for the first time. Sarah's parents greet you with a hug and invite you in. Harold and Cherry Constantine are a hardy retired techie couple with shared military backgrounds. The interior of their house is cozy and smells like the lamb roasting in the oven. A family portrait hangs above the mantel and you tease Sarah about how she wore her hair in high school. Dinner is comfortable, and you share an easy rapport with Sarah's parents. You collectively drain the wine, and her parents uncork a second bottle. Sarah smiles wide as you connect with her father over your shared interest in tech and machine learning. A snug blanket of wine drunkenness settles over the house, and you enjoy the rest of the evening. As you're leaving, Harold passes you some contact info for some tech heads in Silicon Valley. You never know I might be interested in investing, he says with a wink. Let one of us know when you get back, okay? He adds to Sarah, and the pair wave goodbye as you drive away. Sarah goes back to Arlington at the end of the week, which passes by far too quickly. You go back to tinkering at your workspace, though most of your effort goes towards perfecting appeal. 
You leave messages with the numbers Harold gave you, and for a while the idea of selling the headset passes from your mind. Then you get a response. And another. And another. It's not long before your tinkering is replaced with time spent negotiating deals, tech demos, conference appearances, podcast guest spots. As it turns out, appeal struck a chord in the tech world, and suddenly everyone came calling. By the end of the year, you've sold appeal for more money than you could possibly imagine. A good amount of it went to paying off your remaining school debt, then towards padding your savings account. And for a while, you live comfortably off the remainder. Sarah continues to visit, though eventually you use some of the money to move across the country to live closer to her. She never admits it, but she's obviously ecstatic to have you around. You get a job as a robotics teacher at a local high school, more to pass the time than make a living, as the money from appeal is more than enough to support your modest lifestyle. You move in with Sarah, and she leaves her mysterious government job for work in the private sector. The two of you get a dog and spend your weekends exploring the trails leading into the Appalachians. You find a local group of techies who gather to discuss non-work-related things and soon establish a tight-knit circle of friends. It's about two years after you sold Appeal when you're contemplating how things have turned out the way they have. It feels so much longer ago that you set out to create something which would help you make the difficult decisions to identify what you best need and locate the quickest way to fulfill those needs. As you move forward in life, buying a ring, witnessing the birth of your first child, buying your family a home, you realize that you found what you needed and wanted, and you did it all with the help of the people you love. You live a long and happy life with the people you love. The end. Hey, thanks for listening. You've just completed a run-through of Create Your Own Pod Venture Appeal, an audio drama written and produced by some nobodies at Grimwise Studios in Boulder County, Colorado. CYOP Appeal was edited by Zach Wiseman, written by Dylan Terry, and directed by Zach Wiseman and Dylan Terry. The original score for Appeal was composed by Jared Allen Gleason. CYOP Appeal stars Zach Wiseman, Suzanne Grimmer, Harrison Webb, Kayla Four, and Michael Colby, with other voices provided by Dylan Terry. Think you might have missed some of them? Go back, you can find their characters along a different story path. The story for CYOP Appeal was first developed by Zach and Dylan on episode 7 of Talking Upstream, a weekly show hosted by some nobodies on the Pod TV and Scene Snobs networks. You can keep up with some nobodies by visiting www.somenobodies.com, and if you want to help support them, visit patreon.com slash some nobodies. If you do, you can add your name to the following list of supporters. Scott Curtis, Sarah Dukacic, Tanya Sheck, and the Listener Podcast app with a very special thanks to Jim Ede of the Ede Foundation. Please give CYOP Appeal five stars on your favorite podcast platform and visit facebook.com slash CYOPod to show us which endings you've discovered. To find the rest of the Some Nobody's Family of Podcasts, you can search for Silicon Angels, the podcast podcast, a podcast show, Talking Upstream, Twitching Upstream, or you can catch Zach and Dylan on The Real Boys on your chosen platform. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon.